Good evening. Glad you didn't have anything else to do on a Saturday night. <laughs> so we'll spend a little time with uh, Srila Jiva Goswami. Try to keep up with his immense intellect this evening. The first Anocheta that we're going to take a look at, again we're dealing with trying to, to really enter into a comprehensive understanding of the transcendental nature of the Lord's form, name, quality, and existence, all of which are on the transcendental plane, which is in opposition to everything we have experience of. What I mean by in opposition is the underlying principle in the text that Jiva Goswami has based his early Sandarbhas on. Vedanti tat tat vavidas tatvam yaj janamadvayam brahmeti parabhatmeti bhagavan iti sabjate advaya jnana non-dual absolute it means so much, these two little Sanskrit words, non-dual absolute. Vedanti tat tat vavidas. Those that really know truth, Vedanta, tatva, Vedanti tat, Vedanti tat tat vavidas, tatvamyas janamadvayam. Tatva, that no tatva, that no truth. There's different transcendentalists. They have different angles of vision. Their angles of vision are come about according to their ideal. So the, these different transcendentalists, it's not that they're that they're in different camps. They're all seeking the absolute truth, but they have they've developed through association different understandings of that absolute truth. Broadly speaking, there's three general conceptions. So they all agree that the absolute truth is what? Advaya jnana. It's, it's, it's absolute knowledge, which is non-dual in existence. It has to be that, otherwise what's different from spiritual life and material life. So they've, that's the first conclusion that they've arrived at. And that's important for our understanding. Vedanti tat tat vavidas tat vamyas janam advayam Knowledge advayam of the non-dual nature of spirituality. Knowledge of the non-dual nature of spirituality. We begin there. If we're going to leave the world of duality, we have to be able to embrace this concept that the absolute, the spiritual reality, is not the same as this reality. It has to be non-dual. Everything is dual. Everything's hot or cold. 
beautiful or ugly, sweet or sour, wealthy or poor. Wherever we look, we can't look in this world to anything that does not have these very characteristics. Everything is in opposition to something else within our plane of existence. It may be grossly or subtly, but everything is from opposing sides, opposing elements. There are those that think left and those that think right, those that think communistic and those that think capitalistic, those that think male, those that think female, those that are attracted to males, those that are attracted to females. There are people in every living, throughout the species of life, there's this duality. The basic point is, in material existence, there's birth and there's death. Those are the two, that's, that's the big plus and minus. The plus is you come into the world and you're, you're happy to be here and it looks like a great place. <laughs> as soon as you can get your mind about it and figure out what's going on, you realize, what the hell? Everybody here's dying and I'm going to die. Now, not everyone thinks like that, but anybody that thinks deeply about their life, they arrive at that conclusion pretty soon. My great-grandfather, he's still here, but he's not going to be here long. And my great-great-grandfather, yeah, he just passed on before I took birth. And my father and my, my brother. And then it's like, wow, I thought this was a nice place to be, but how do I reconcile everything that's good in the world with the bad? They begin here. The transcendentalists begin here with this understanding. In this world, everything has this positive and negative. Those are the kleshas. The kleshas begin there. Raja, attachment and aversion. Advaya jnana. This knowledge that spirituality, if it's to have any value to the self, it has to be a realm where these opposing elements that are in everything that I experience, they can't be in, in pure consciousness. They begin there. And this verse is so significant. Brahmaiti, Paramatmaiti, Bhagavaniti, Sabjate. According to the way that we develop our worship, it will be broadly category, broadly looked upon as either a conception of Brahman, a conception of Paramatma, or a conception of Bhagavan. And if we're to study deeply or hear from teachers who have one conception or another, we may find shelter there. We may find a place that our consciousness is content to pursue that uh, theology in order to reach our objective. And we can change from one to another. We may feel 
this is the best, this is the best, I found the best for me. And then only to find out after some period of time, this little thing doesn't quite ring true to my heart. This one thing, everything else works, but I'm a person. Couldn't God be a person too? So for the from the Brahmavadi viewpoint, it's fine. I understand that the, that the non-dual absolute is spiritual energy, but I kind of feel that it has to go a little deeper than that because I feel that spiritual energy being personally manifest in what I experience in the world. It's like the world's alive to me. It's a living, breathing thing, and everything in it is a living, breathing organism for the most part. And, and there's relationships, and one, one horse likes another horse, and one human likes another human, and wherever I look, there's these relationships. I can't really embrace a spiritual realm where there's no relationship. Now, does that mean that relationships exist? Because my, you know, they're telling me that Brahman has no, no differentiation. There's no characteristics there. It's just pure spiritual consciousness. If you have relationships, if you have distinctions, if you have qualities, then that can only exist in a world of duality. Or can't it? Can there be a spiritual realm where there can be different characteristics which are non-dual? That's what Jeeva is trying to get across to us in this section of the Sundarbha. How do we conceive of the supreme absolute truth with that understanding that there can be what appears to be duality in the absolute truth, but it's still the non-dual absolute. As we've gone through this, we can see the great care that he's taken to gradually ingrain this thought into our understanding of spiritual spirituality and to our appreciation of Krishna as Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Devaki's prayers to Sri Krishna. What we're going to see tonight is I mean, we, we, we've all read commentaries on different spiritual scriptures. So what we're going to see tonight through this Anucheta is a commentary on a verse in prayerfulness by Devaki. She's residing. You can set the scene. She's in the prison house of Kamsa. And... All of a sudden, Vishnu has manifested before her. She feels like I've given birth. 
to the Lord. And what Jiva Goswami does in this Anucheda is he he presents this prayer by Mother Devaki and pulls out a couple important points. And then what we do is we look at the prayer through the commentary of Sridhar Swami. And what Sridhar Swami does in looking at this prayer is he uses it as a jumping off point to counter so many conceptions of spirituality that really don't conform to the to the terminology used by Mother Devaki. And therefore, they can't be a complete understanding of the Supreme Absolute Truth. It's a little thick. Don't worry about the contrary philosophies. We're just going to walk through it. But do stand in awe at the ocean of this one prayer. It's, it's an ocean of transcendental knowledge. And for all those that think that we should not have female diksha gurus, they obviously haven't heard from somebody like Mother Devaki. So Bhishma Dev was in the last Anucheda, one of the twelve Mahajans, and then we have Devaki's prayer. Jeeva Goswami says, similarly, Srimati Devaki also says in her prayer to Krishna at his birth, the Vedas speak of some form which is your Vishnu, which is, dot, 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 you, Vishnu himself, the flame of spiritual truth. Just a really abbreviated presentation of the, of the verse by Jiva Goswami. The verse from the Bhagavatam, Rupam yattat prahur avyaktamajam brahma jyotir nirgunam nirvikaram satamatram nirvi se samniriham satvam saksad vishnur ajatma dipa. The different words in the verse are amazing. Rupam yattad Prabhur of Yaktam of Yad. So the Rupa of that I'm seeing, the form that I'm seeing before me of the Supreme. What is this form? What is this form I'm seeing? How am I to understand it? Well, I know that it is of Yaktam. It's unmanifest. I'm seeing a form, but the first thing she said is the form is unmanifest. Why does she say that the form's unmanifest? Well, it has to be unmanifest because everything in the world is, the, this is the world of manifestation. So transcendence is not manifest in the way that, I, that we should be accustomed to manifestation. And so her terminology of unmanifest here is used to accentuate the point that what? 
this child, well, I'm considering my child, him, my, I was considering my child, him my child, but then he came out and, and just appeared before me as Vishnu, so he's not manifest like a, like a normal child. He's, he manifests of his own pleasure at his own time in whatever way he wants to. Rupam yatat prabhur avyaktam ajam. Ajam. He's the original cause of everything. But he's appearing here. He's unmanifest. Under normal circumstances, no one sees God. Really. How many people can say, setting the deity aside. We can't set the deity aside, but not many people can say they've seen God. The fact that we're allowed to see God in the Murti is simply the mercy of, of the sadhu, the saint, the guru who's invited God to take residence there so we can see him and serve him in some way from our materialistic place. We have to start somewhere. This is where we're at. So we can't see the Lord, we can we can conceive of the Lord, but we can't truly see his form. So therefore he comes in such a way that we can see him, we can use our eyes to see, our ears to hear, we can avyaktam. We understand this now, avyaktam, not manifest, not a form of this world. He's here, I, he's taken a form, but it's not a form of the world. And ajam, this form that I'm seeing is the cause of all, everything around it. The Lord is the form, is the, is the cause of everything. She goes on, Brahma Jyotir Nirgunam Nivikramam Karam Nirvikram Karam Brahma, immense it's a little, it's Vishnu, he's standing there, but he's immense. He encompasses everything. All the knowledge she's putting here, this form that I'm seeing is everything. It's immense, Brahman. It's self-luminous. There's nothing we can do to shed light on this form. Our intellects will not light up this form for us. No light that we have. He's self-luminous. There's nothing we can do materially to avail ourselves of the form of the Lord. He'll manifest at his own leisure as he wants us to see him. In that regard, he's self-luminous. We can't use our brains. We can't use our intellect. We can't use our eyes. That doesn't mean we can't see him. It means he will, at his pleasure, make that form available to us. Rupam. Brahmajatir nirgunam nirvikaram. Nirgunam. We're kind of familiar with nirguna. 
he doesn't have any influence of the modes of material passion of nature, goodness, passion, or ignorance. He's not affected by these. We are. He's not. They work under his direction. Maya Dakshina Prakriti. His material nature is working under my direction. Nirgunam Nivikaram. And he undergoes no change. And what about us? We go undergo every change. We cover it all from from uh, from the cradle to the grave. They say uh, we go through so many changes. Some of them are nice. Some some are not so nice. In the not in the beginning, they're nice. They're oh, this is exciting, and then all of a sudden, uh, this is not looking well for me. <laughs> This is the way our life is, but he, he's not like that. He undergoes no change like we undergo change. Satamatram nirvi se sam niriham. Satamatram, pure existence. Satamatram. Uh, exactly opposite. Our existence is not pure like that. Although we can strive for that, and certainly as we associate with the pure, we ourselves can become pure in due course of time. Have realistic expectations. It's not going to happen overnight, but there is a change coming. And uh, it's a good change. Satamatram, nirvisesam, without divisions. We're talking nirvisesa. We hear this in uh, the pranam prayers of... Uh, my spiritual master, Nirvisesa Sunyavadi, he came to to eliminate this consciousness. Well, why is this here without divisions, Nirvisesha? Well, because it's it's a proper conceptual concept concept when it comes to the absolute truth and his his manifestation of Brahman, his all encompassing energy. And that's where the real, the real key at this stage in the Sandarbhas is, is to understand that the form of the Lord can embody all the characteristics of the Supreme Brahman. Everything that the scripture says about Brahman is included in the form of the Lord. And so much more. So he is nirvasesa. He is without divisions. He is the one supreme absolute truth. He doesn't have divisions. There's only one of him. But he appears in multiple, a multitude, unlimited forms. According to how one approaches him, ni uh, ni riham, inactive, he has no material acts to perform. Although he does set up a stage and perform acts for our benefit, he doesn't. It's it's not by force. It's by choice. Satwam saksadvish nor ajatmadipa. 
Saksad, directly perceivable. This is this is unheard of under normal circumstance. The Lord doesn't generally appear to someone. I'm reading the Bhagavatam. He's appearing to everybody. Yeah, you're reading the Bhagavatam. This is not. This is the. These are the amazing, amazing devotees of the Lord that have been granted vision. Now we're going to go as we go into the next Anachetas. This is going to come out more and more. How 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 wonderful uh, such an audience with the Supreme is. And it's, it's, it, how does it come about? And then she says, because the Lord, he's, he's like a spiritual flame. Ajatma Deepa. Deepa. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's like a spirit. All this in one verse. Rupam yatat prabhur avyaktam ajam brahmajotir nirgunam nirvikaram Satamatram nir vise sam niriham satwam saksad vishnur ajatma dipa. The full translation of the verse in English. The Vedas say this form is the unmanifest, the original. It is Brahman, self luminous, beyond the material qualities, and without transformation. It is pure existence without attributes and without action. Verily, it is you, Vishnu himself, the flame of spiritual truth. Earlier we had a verse spoken by Brahma and we can see he brought out, three qualities were brought out in that verse, if you remember. These were prayers that Brahma Said at the the time of uh, trying to become enthused to manifest the material world, he was looking for a little, little enthusiasm. So he went. He wanted to make sure he did did the service nicely. And there we had Ananda Matram, pure bliss. The Lord's form is pure bliss. Avikalpa, undifferentiated, vikalpa without kalpa orientation and self-luminous avidavacha vedavyas makes a similar statement to the lord in the nirmala kanda of padma purana o lord madusudan i wish to see you with my eyes the upanishads describe you as truth the supreme brahman the source and master of the universe O Lord, let that form become visible to my sight. Sounds familiar. Jagannath Goswami, Nayana Patagami, Bhava to me. The Jagannath. Ostakam, eight prayers to Lord Jagannath, and this line is at the end of each prayer. May that Lord Jagannath Swami be the object of my vision. The reason why Devaki, this is back to Jiva Goswami, the reason that Devaki 
says that the Lord is unmanifest and yet appears directly before her, her is that he is the flame of spiritual truth of Yatmadipa, meaning that he exists as the illuminator of the embodied being, the entirety of all bodies and the senses. Sridhar Swami says, the import of Devaki's statement is that because he is such, he has nothing to fear. This interpretation, based on the context, specifically relates to the Lord's form, for otherwise there could have been no question of fear arising. This will, this will come out more deeply in the next Anucheda as far as the, the spiritual concept tri being conveyed here. But the, the, the core point of the concept is that the Lord is, is generally not seen and all the attributes that are spoken of in the Upanishads that would lead one to think that the Supreme Absolute was, it was not possible for that Supreme Absolute because of all these accolades from the Upanishad to actually have a form. Repeatedly, all these statements there. How could, how could the supreme have a form if it's this, that, and a hundred thousand other things which seem to contribute to a conception that the Lord could not manifest in His form? How do we reconcile these things? All these statements. How is how can it be reconciled? reconciled and it's what's coming out here by Jiva and expounded by Sridhar Swami is this terminology Adyatmadipa he's the flame of spiritual truth he is that condensed abil he has that ability to present himself in whatever way possible. Otherwise, how could how could we have a conception of the Supreme where the Supreme is limited in any way? It's not possible. If there's the Supreme, he has to be able to be both unlimited and all-pervasive and localized and available to our vision. We want to see we want the vision. The Devaki got the vision. Vasudeva is praying here in, in the Padma Purana. Let me see your form. It has to be super magnificent since it's the condensed beauty of everything. It has to be overwhelming. And because he was the embodiment he is again it's hard the terminology doesn't we get tied tongue tied in trying to explain this the form of the Lord because otherwise we can go down the roads of misconception. But Devaki's saying 
I know your nature. I know you're unlimited. What are the, all the words she used that would lead us to believe he can't have a form? Immense, unmanifest, original cause, self-luminous, near gunam, free of gunas. We've not experienced a form that's free of gunas. And here, she's afraid that Kamsa's going to kill her son. She says, there's no question of being afraid. You're immense. You're Brahman. How could Kamsa kill you? And then some little Krishna magic happens in that cell. And the Krishna magic was Yogamaya started to bewilder both Vasudev and Devaki. Bewilder them with their bhav, with their with the way they conceived and wanted to worship the Supreme. Paranti tat tat bhavidas tatvam yajjaram advayam according to their method of worship. They conceive of the Supreme as Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan. And when we take Bhagavan, then we also have the conceptions, two conceptions arising from two divisions of thought, one being one of awe and reverence, primarily centered around scriptural injunction, let me worship the Supreme. And another centered around spiritual emotion, bhava. So this magic love that manifests bhava gradually took over Vasudev and Devaki. And they said, we wanted you as a son, and here you are as, as Vishnu in front of us. I want to see my son. Could you please take that form? And, and, and immediately, Krishna took that form of a child in her arms. And she was overwhelmed with motherly affection and then what emotion came? Fear. Oh, my Lord. Kamsa's going to hear you cry. And he's going to come and kill you because he said he's going to kill all my children. And he's proven to be, he's, he's, he's played it out. What can we do now? And then the, 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 her, her emotional relationship with the Supreme took precedent. And Vasudev said, well, I've got to take matters in hand, and then we have the whole Leela of Vasudev carrying Krishna to Nanda and Yasoda. Previews of the next Anucheta. The partial expansions of Sri Krishna are also transcendental. Thank you so much for your association. Spending your Saturday night here.
Bunch of cop tubes, yeah. Cubes, baby.